I'm Patricia Pierce. Welcome to the Evolutionary Activist Podcast. We are living at an important moment in our history, a time that is calling us into a new way of being, a new consciousness from which a sustainable, just, and peaceful future can arise. In this podcast, we explore ways to help that future take hold within ourselves so that together we can help it come forth in our world. Hello, evolutionaries. In this week's episode, I would like to share with you a talk that I gave in August at the Unitarian Universalist Church in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, on the topic of imagination. I hope you enjoy it. I would like to invite all of us to just take a moment and look around at what we see in this room. Take it in. Maybe in a way that you have never taken it in before. Maybe things that you've never even noticed before. Everything that we see in this room is a product of imagination. Imagination becoming form. And I wonder if we truly appreciate the power of the imagination that is ours to exercise. I wonder how often we allow our imaginations to become constrained and constricted by what we believe is possible. Last month I visited, I paid a visit to the National Museum of African American History. And as I was going through that first floor where there were there were exhibitions, there were documents about slavery, I thought, in whose imagination did this idea first arise? What imaginative spark was this that said that we could enslave a whole people? That was a spark of imagination, just as 9-11 was a spark of imagination. In 1999, in April, I was sitting in my, in my office in the church that I pastored, and I got a call from my husband who said, there's a shooting going on in Colorado. And I said, where? I'm from Colorado. He said, Columbine. I said, Columbine? And I was trying to think of a, of a place called Columbine, Colorado, and I just couldn't locate a town called Columbine, Colorado. And he said, and I, so I said, Columbine, Colorado? And he said, no, Columbine High School. And my jaw dropped because I once taught at Columbine High School. And I could see the hallways and I could see the classrooms. And I, my mind was blown. How can this be happening? Do you remember the days when mass shootings were novel? When it was something that we really hadn't seen before? And yet here we are and it's, you know, what is the mass shooting of the week? Sometimes the day. You see, we've lost our imagination. We've become inscripted into this story that is based in division. It is based in violence. It is based in oppression. Our imaginations have been so constrained by this theme of violence, by this theme of us versus them. What I refer to in my writings and my podcast as 
the ego mind that perceives reality through this lens of separateness, that fails to grasp that the inherent essence of all reality is connectedness, interdependence, sometimes called love. A few days after visiting Washington, D.C., and seeing the museum, I was in Toronto visiting some family, and I went to a museum there that they have that's devoted to shoes, devoted to footwear. I had no idea that there was a museum that was completely devoted to footwear. And it looks at footwear from all across the world and all through the ages and, and what footwear symbolizes and all this sort of thing. And, and I got to the, the, the part on China and China's history and they had footwear there for bound feet. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing because these shoes were three inches long, three inches. And I thought, wow, that is what has happened to our imagination. This imagination that can conceive of a world, this human capacity to conceive of a world has become so bound, so constrained, so unimaginative, so captive to a story whose day is done. We've been playing out this script this imaginative script, because it's not real, that we are separate from one another, that, that we are separate from the earth, that we are separate from the source of our being. It's a very imaginative story because it's not true. But we've been playing it out, creating weapons, creating class, creating economic inequalities. We've been imaginatively playing out this error. And we happen now to be at a point in our history when we are becoming more and more aware that we can't keep on like this. Our imagination has resulted in the capacity to destroy the world. And more and more we are waking up to this fact that this story, this imaginative story that's been playing out for eons is done, and that now is the time for us to unbind our imagination, to dare to conceive of a world that demonstrates the reality of our interconnectedness, that demonstrates, as you so beautifully have in this statement about your church, the spirit of this church is love. You see, that's what we are here for, to use our imaginations to manifest in the world of form the reality of love. And I know we're so caught up and trained in that old story of us and them, such that when we see what's going on in the world right now, that the only thing we can think of is, oh, we've got to answer violence with violence. We've got to answer division with division, we've got to answer attack with attack. You see, that is the old story that is not imaginative. Do we dare unbind our imaginations and place them in the service of love? I don't know if you all heard this story, but uh, Sarah Silverman, comedian, 
uh, who apparently has quite a following. I'm, I'm a little bit out of touch with popular culture, I will admit. Somebody's over there, yes. Have you heard this story about her? We'll see. Just hold on. You'll, you'll find out. Um, she's got this huge Twitter following. And, and some guy, I don't know what she had tweeted, but some fellow responded with this very short, misogynistic expletive. A troll. That's what we call them, right? Trolls. Now, the old script would have Sarah tweeting out some, you know, nasty rebuttal, right? That's what you do. But that's not what she did. She went on this, she investigated, who is this guy? She went on his Twitter feed. She started finding out, who is this person? And she found out that he was actually a person in a lot of pain, a lot of back pain, a lot of all kinds of pain. So she started up this Twitter conversation with this fellow. In the full presence of all of, his, all of her followers and his followers, this Twitter conversation where she inquired, she said, hey, I, I noticed, it sounds like you're going through a really hard time. Hey, you know, I'm totally paraphrasing here, but you get the point. And he started opening up to her on Twitter about his pain and about his abuse as an eight-year-old boy and about how he was in this terrible back pain and he didn't have money for medical care. And so they're having this conversation and then Sarah Silverman tweets out to her followers, hey, anybody, this guy lived in San Antonio, anybody know a good back doctor in San Antonio? So immediately a back clinic in San Antonio gets in touch with this fellow, lets her know, hey, we're on it, we're getting in touch with him. And then she puts out a tweet asking her followers if anybody can contribute to the GoFundMe campaign that this fellow set up because he didn't have the money for his health care. And all this money started flooding in and supporting him. And, and he had so much that I, as I understand it, he was able to share some of that with other people and he was completely converted and he, he apologized to her. But I think that just underscores that so much of the animosity and so much of the attack has its roots in pain, has its roots in fear, has its roots in feeling alone in the world. And because people, most of us, are fairly unskillful about being honest about our needs and our fears and our pain, we deflect it and we express it in these very unhelpful ways. But you see, that's the kind of transformation and unbinding of the imagination that we need now, these great expressions of love, of oneness, of our interconnectedness, of our interbeingness. It's when we bring our hearts online with our minds, with our imaginations, because the heart knows that we are one. The heart knows why we are here. And when we harness the power of the imagination in the service of love, we will see a new world because we will manifest a new world. Do we know what that looks like? No, because we've never been there. And I loved what the little girl said in the, in the Time for Children. She saw it. She saw that powerful self. And when asked, she said, I don't have a name for it yet. Yeah. 
We don't have a name for it yet, this thing that we can bring forth. We don't even have a name for it yet. But it's there, and it's waiting for us to dare to release ourselves from the story that we've been living, to unbind the possibilities, and to bring forth a new world. May it be so.